Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace show, where we're creating a conversation for what God's doing through Christians in the marketplace. I'm Sean Bowles, and my co-host is Bob Hassan. We interview everyday influencers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs from all areas of industry, exposing you to powerful stories of what God's doing through people just like you. We're also sharing our thoughts about what God's doing in finance, business, entertainment, and politics. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. Bob Hassan is here with me, Sean Bowles, and we have an incredible guest for you. Who is it, Bob? Wow. Uh, Sean, we have a David Nurse. He's an NBA mindset coach. Wow, what is that? He's a best-selling author and a top 50 worldwide motivational speaker. He's been transforming the way hundreds of NBA stars play on the court. Uh, he took um, the Brooklyn Nets in 2016 from being the 28th in the league shooting to third in the league shooting. Wow. He, 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 uh, he, he consults with NBA players. He coaches them with executives, with Fortune 100 companies. He's written a book that we're going to hear about, uh, Do It. Uh, that sounds exciting. He's a motivational speaker, and he's really, really positive. He resides in Marina Del Rey, which is in Los Angeles, with his wife, who's an actress, Taylor. And uh, he's just got this great life. You're, we're going to love him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for our audience, too, I just think there's so many people who are on that journey of like trying to go forward after coronavirus, after the recession that we're currently a little bit in. People are trying to find those keys of like, how do we get forward at the right pace? Like, how do we get through stuff? How do we get into what God's called us to do? And I'm excited to ask him, you know, as one of the top coaches in the world, one of the top motivational speakers in the world, how do you do that? So I, I'm excited about the show today. Up next, we have David Nurse. Banks are collapsing. The interest rates keep going up. Gas prices are all-time high. When all these things are happening in the world around us, we have God who's our provider. God who brings provision that's unusual and non-deserved even into our lives. And he brings provision really around the point of giving us everything we need to resource our destiny, our families, so that Jesus could get the fullness of his reward. And I've written a book called Provision, which is gonna help you look at different areas of life and have a prayer, a prophetic word and also or a message and also a declaration. If you've been at a place where you have provision, but you need God to be a multiplier. If you're at a place where there's some areas of challenge, especially financially or in resources, this is gonna give you biblical scriptures, words, quotes, phrases, declarations, prophecies, and prayers that could just change everything. And if you get it today at bowlsministries.com, you're also gonna get a teaching series that goes along with it. So we have a video teaching series to release to you right now that you're only gonna get in this season. Get the book today and activate God as a provider in your life. Well, welcome back. We're here with David Nurse. David, welcome to the show. Guys, I appreciate you having me on today. Well, we're so glad to let our audience hear your story. And I know just, all of us geek out about the NBA and you work with the NBA quite prolifically, but also you work as a business, as a consultant or coach, and you help people in the business arena as well. And so tell us, like, how did you start doing this thing? I mean, I love who you are and what your books are about. It's just like so fascinating to me. And I know it will be to everybody listening as well, but take us on the journey. So I was born on, no, just, <laughs> I grew up in a small town in the uh, middle of nowhere, cornfields of Iowa. And literally all that I ever wanted to do was play in the NBA. Every waking hour was poured into playing professional basketball in the wow. NBA, but had kind of an issue. Not that tall. My vertical leaps about two inches. Parents probably should have said, you know, David, play tennis or golf. But I loved it. I was so passionate about it. And I poured into it every single day. And I got to play college basketball. 
and I, I, I grinded my way to play professional. When I say professional, I mean more of the Will Ferrell semi-pro type of league than it is actually <laughs> professional basketball. But guys, I, I'm playing. We'll fast forward to my third year playing. I'm in Spain, in northern Spain, in the Basque region, where the wow. players don't even really care about the game. They're more interested about the party after or even drinking beers at halftime. Oh, and wow. here's me, 24 years old, no backup plan. I'm still thinking I'm going to play in the NBA. I'm pouring in two-a-days film study, all of this, and I get cut. Oh, so think oh. about that, everybody listening in your own life. All of your whole life, your hopes, your goals, your dreams, they're not just taken away from you. They're taken away. You're turned upside down, and your face is smeared in the dirt. So I come back and I'm living on my parents' recliner chair and in Kansas city where they move now and feeling bad for myself, licking my wounds. And my mom would always say these motivational, inspirational quotes. And you know, it is with your mom, you're like, whatever mom in one ear out the other ear. <laughs> but she said this one, and this was a snapshot moment for me. This was my life pivot. This is when it hit me right in the face. When I was kicked back in the recliner chair, she was doing dishes. She said, David, when one door closes four open, and an entire beachfront patio overlooking the ocean. And that was, it hit me. I was like, whoa, wait, maybe I wasn't made to play in the NBA. Maybe everything that I was given on the basketball IQ, the work ethic, the drive, these two-a-days, this film study was to help people who were more God-given ability, seven-foot height and athleticism to play in the NBA. So I made it that my mission right there that I was going to coach in the NBA. And... There's a whole story that goes into that, but that's kind of how I got into this. And we can go down so many more avenues of, man, the five years that it took to become an NBA coach when I was sleeping on friends' couches who didn't even know I was their friends, sleeping in my car in well-lit Walmart parking lots. We'll take it wherever you guys want to oh go. My gosh. So, so you, you, it sounds like you, your dream, the bubble burst, you, you got brought back down to reality. And now your mom, out of all people, brings you to a place of saying like, hey, let's go, let's go do this. And then you started from the bottom and, yeah. and talk to us about that. What does that look like sleeping in a Walmart parking lot? And, <laughs> and, and then where did it lead you? Yeah. So here's what I did when, when, when it hit me, when my mom said that, that I realized I wanted to coach in the NBA. I didn't have any connections in the NBA at that time. My uncle has since coached in the NBA, but this was far before he was an NBA coach. So I hand wrote a letter that next day I started writing. I hand wrote letters to every NBA GM. I wasn't asking for a job. Literally all I was saying was something I liked about their organization and that I would love to serve them. That's all I said. And I didn't get anything back right. for a month and a half. And I got a phone call from a Los Angeles area code number. It was the GM of the Los Angeles Clippers at the time, Gary Sachs. We had a normal conversation. And at the end of it, he said, if you're ever out in LA, look me up, let's grab coffee. Basically good luck with the rest of your life, kid. But I took that as an opportunity. He opened the door, the door closing doors opening. I spent all my money to book a ticket to LA, stole some of my parents' money. So I would be out there <laughs> on a flight. Yeah, it's true. On a flight that, that next week. And I acted like I had a basketball camp because I didn't want to seem desperate when I was coming out there. And I prepared for the meeting. And Gary and I hit it off. I can remember walking into his wow. office in LA and I was sweating through my dress shirt. The oh, only dress shirt I own sweating yes. through it. We had a great meeting. I end up when I moved out to LA later on years later, I lived with Gary for six months. He wow. was in my wow. wedding when I got married. He's one of my best friends to this day. 
But the point of the whole story is take a chance. If I had, if no one got back to me, I would have been at the same spot that I was at. But by taking that chance, taking that shot, taking that risk, when a lot of people won't because they're like, well, what if I get rejected? What if people say no? So what? What's the worst that could happen? It's not like I was going to die there. It's not like I was going to get thrown in jail. The worst that could happen was your mom and dad's money. So you might have. I'm just yeah, kidding. good point. That's true. Uh, well, bring us to the place where too. How did your faith affect your career? Like, how did where was Jesus in all of this? Yeah, so I actually right when I was leaving college, and this was an incredible timing, kind of like God does. He kind of has some really good timing. That I, I started to understand of what uh, actually having a relationship with Jesus was was all about. And it's, it's a funny story because I was about to just graduate and go on my own journey, my own around the world. And it would have been tough without it. And a friend of mine, he was a teammate of mine on my basketball team, a younger guy, freshman. I was a senior. I was the BMOC big man on campus, you know, looked like I had it all together, but really I did not. I was empty inside. And he took me to this little, just hangout called fuel, just a Christian get together. And man, I, I thought everybody was on drugs. They were worshiping, praising. So I was like, Ooh, what is this? Giving me hugs. But there was something <laughs> about it that I kept coming back to. It's like, there's something different about these people. I kept coming back and I kept coming back. And I realized this is what truly the joy of, of loving Jesus is about having a real relationship with Jesus. So to have that, that time of my life, like right when I was about to go off into the world to realize that, man, I, this is, I have Jesus was everything because I went into some countries, some situations, man, that I should never have survived from, but I just knew, okay. Hey, God's going to get me through this. Like, I, I know he's got a bigger plan than just this. It's not all on my shoulders. And it was, man, there was a time in Brazil where I literally, I thought I was lost forever. Like they don't speak English down there. And I'd lost the people that I was with. I had no idea. And I just sat down falling on the corner of this acai shop. And not like 10 seconds later, this random person comes up that I just barely met earlier that day, picks me up, takes me back to the people I was supposed to be with and answered prayer. So just, man, he's, he's always, always watching out for me and just having that coverage of knowing God has a plan. That's, huge. that's so good, David. I, we're not even into your story, but I can tell one thing is perseverance is a big word in your life. How, talk to our listeners about when things go wrong, when things don't go the way that you hope they will. How do you persevere? How do you listen to the Lord and stand and, and make it through? And it's such a good question. And perseverance is, it's not easy, but it is, it is one of the most important skill sets and aspects of life that someone can have, because we are always either just coming out of a fire or we're about to go into a fire, mm -hmm. or we're in a fire. Like life is literally a tornado, a hurricane going on around us, but how can you stay calm in the eye of the hurricane when everything is crazy going on? And you know what I think is, it really comes down to, there's been so many situations in my life where I've thought like, well, I know better. I want it to go this way. I want to control it. And I think that the world's crumbling down on me, but it turns out something better is coming. God has something better for me. That's the whole concept of one door closing, four opening in the beachfront mm -hmm. patio overlooking the ocean. Like just fast, we fast forward five years of running these basketball camps, sleeping, like I said, in wall, well lit Walmart parking lots and just grinding it. And then five years later, I get an email 
when I'm in Melbourne, Australia, doing a basketball camp, an email from the Brooklyn Nets. And I didn't know anybody from the Nets. I thought it was spam, but it ends up, I'm the Brooklyn Nets shooting coach that next week. So I made it to the wow. NBA. Wow. Now, dream come true, right? And we go from 28th in three-point shooting percentage to second. So I'm getting, obviously, all the pubs coming to me because I'm the new shooting coach. Yeah. And I'm getting a promised three-year deal from the GM. ESPN's writing articles about me. The NBA New York media is like this next up-and-coming coach. I made it. But then a new head coach comes on, and I get fired. Door wow. shut again. Wow. Once again, the point is like, no, that's not woe is me. That is God saying, David, you learned in these five years. Now I'm going to take you somewhere even better. One door closing, four opening. I come out to Los Angeles. Now, I mean, I get NBA players come to me. The great players come to me and said they seek me out. I get to write books. I get to speak to companies. I met my amazing, way cooler than me wife. <laughs> if I'm in Brooklyn coaching, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, talk about, uh, I love this because I think I like a lot of the way you think is what you impart to people. You're a mindset specialist, which I want to hear what that, what, what that is when companies hire you, coaches hire you, teams hire you, mm. because it sounds like you help ground people in reality and perspective. So talk about that part of your career and how did you come into that? Well, yeah, you hit on the word right there, perspective. There, in every situation in life, there's two ways to look at it. You can look at it from the negative. You can look at it from the positive. You can be a person that says, oh, why me? Why me? Or you can be the person that says, well, why not me? You can be the person that's a downward counterfactual thinker, which means that whatever happens to you, you're like, huh, okay, could have been worse. Or you're an upward counterfactual thinker where everything that happens to you, like, oh, I can't believe if, if just that wouldn't have happened. The, the what ifs, what it, there's yeah. always two ways to look at everything. And that's the choice that we all get to make. And I tell people like, if you want an excuse, and it's always going to be there. If you want a reason not to do something, not to take action, it's always going to be there. So, I mean, to get into this mindset specialist part, it was just, it really was, I never sought out on this journey to be like, oh, I'm going to just dominate the mind. Really wasn't. It was, it was training. <laughs> I literally was training NBA players and somehow I fell into it. I mean, I have a story of, of be, being so fearful of training this junior in high school who was the top rated player. And I, I didn't think I was worthy to do it. So I, I didn't even go to the workout. Then another friend just said, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. I go to it. It's this guy, Aaron Gordon, who's still in the NBA, one of the best NBA players. Yeah. And that kind of sparked my whole training NBA players. So everything that I talk about, I I've learned on doing it the other way I've learned on failing. But once again, is failing is something that people are so afraid of. It's, it's this fear of, mm -hmm. well, what if it doesn't work out? So what you learn along the way, like my career, my life, all of our lives is a long hallway and we just enter the door on the left. You know, you learn something there. Okay. Now we're walking down the hallway, learn something on the right. You're continuing to grow. You're continuing to develop. Nothing that you did is lost. That again is another way people look at something. They look at it as the lost opportunity principle. Okay, well, if I put five years into this relationship and it didn't work out, well, I just lost five years. No, you didn't. You learned exactly what you want for the next relationship. Mm -hmm. That's the future opportunity principle. So it's just been a development of, I thought it was all about player shots, their skill set. And I was like, okay, these guys are really good. What can be the next level? Oh, sleep, nutrition, total optimization, recovery, the 22 hours you're off the court. Okay. A lot of people are good at that. What's the next level? 
the six inches between the ears is what separates the Steph Curry's from the guys you've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so how did you appropriate that into your books, your coaching, your consulting? Yeah. So the first couple books were a lot of my stories on just applicable tools. So I'm really big on actionable tools. So if it's, let's say for confidences, for example, a lot of people struggle from confidence, NBA players, everybody in general. Well, what do I teach these players? What have I been teaching them for 10, 15 years on how to become more confident? Well, one thing is they find somebody, compare yourself to somebody who's great. Kobe compared himself to Jordan and followed everything that he did. Watched videos on him, even did interviews like him, stuck out his tongue like him. Most people look at, oh, don't compare. Comparison's horrible. Well, comparison's bad if you think you have to have a certain amount of likes to somebody else or a certain amount of following. But comparison, success leaves clues. And if you want to be like somebody else, just follow what they do. So he gained a lot of confidence from that. But basically, it's, it's different tools that I've used with players, with athletes, and now with been blessed to work with some Hollywood, Marvel actors, some CEOs. And man, it's, it's, it's been a fun journey because I'm learning all the time too. Like I'm, I'm learning on what makes people actually truly motivated. What are the right questions to ask? How to be a servant leader? Like there's so many different principles that go into these books. And I'm actually more excited for the, the new book that's coming out because it's a, it, it's, it's all based on helping people break through the, the roadblocks holding them back from where they are today to where they want to be tomorrow that gap is taking action. Well, and I think, of you know, like well, I want to talk about your book in the end of the show, just because I want people to be, be able to get this brand new book that's just out now, which is awesome. But I think about just that really faith when you got, you know, gave, you gave your life to Jesus back in college. And I think about how far you've come. And I know a lot of the mindset stuff, scripture is so clear on how to win. I think of the book of Proverbs, it's just, it's all these ways that you could think differently. You could just adjust a little bit and you could win at life. Mm-hmm. And I think of some things that Paul says, we're capture every thought, you know, and these kinds of principles, how much of your faith has played into, even if it's in a stealth way into these kinds of conversations. Yeah. in the conversation you're saying in the conversations with athletes, uh, coaching and athletics and in your book and talk about that, that faith aspect. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, at the core of it, that's everything my platform that I've been gifted with is to show people joy, to show people encouragement, (laughs) but for the greater good of Jesus. So like I, I, the biggest compliment that I ever got when I was training these NBA players, like the Westbrooks, the Clay Thompson's, these guys uh, in the off season and never heard of them. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they'd all come into this gym, the Wasserman gym with the agency and they'd, uh, they'd be like, and I had like 20 NBA studs in the gym. And I would just show up 6.30 in the morning, smile on my face, a ton of energy. And like, man, you're relentlessly consistent. Wow. So I'm relentlessly consistent. And trust me, you think I wanted to show up every single day, all day in the gym? Heck no. I wanted, that. I wanted to break some of those days. But I knew that like, if I was able to show them I'm relentlessly consistent, like they're going to be like, well, what's different about this guy? Like, well, why is he like this? Why does he always smile? What's this joy thing about? And that would be my way to help these show these people with a, a much bigger platform than I'll ever have the true love of Jesus so they can go spread it to others. Wow. Wow. That's huge. 
it's an incredible story. And, and I think I'm, I'm taken by your joy and your perseverance and your consistency. And, you know, what these guys found in you is something different, uh, consistency. How are you moving forward now? And what does your life look like uh, as, as you move forward? Yeah, it's a great question. And you know what? It's just still that hallway. Like I not, right now, my main thing is writing books, speaking to corporations, coaching players individually and in all walks of life on their mindset development. But where that's going to be in five years, I don't know. Could be completely different. I would love to do a, a TV show, a, a TV show that's like a mixture of Anthony Bourdain and uh, Mr. Rogers with some sports <laughs> element. Like I've got all these types of ideas and, and I mean, I think it's honestly, is just like, I just want to keep taking amazing shots, like taking big shots. I don't think God made anybody to be average. And I don't think he made anybody to be like, you know what, just yeah, stay under that rock over there. Don't, hey, don't get out of your little, your little bubble. And I think that's part of the fun of it, man, is just, you know, growing continuing to learning, being, being obsessed with the constant growth so that you can improve yourself. Yeah. But, but mainly so you can improve the others around you. Mm -hmm. I think of some of the notes I read some of the show notes, and I'm sure this is in your books too, where you talk about coming from Iowa was Iowa mm -hmm. that yep. you grew up in and you, um, and you, and you just thought, how, how could I become something like in the midst of being like the small town, Iowa, how can I go to the NBA? How can I work it? And how far you've come? Like, do you ever think about, like that, that person that you were when you were a young boy, like what you would say to him or what you, what you would want him to know. Cause I think a lot of people are like, yeah. they're the little person yeah. in Iowa who feel like, can I really achieve? Can I really arrive at these places? Yeah. Like what, what would you tell that version of yourself? Man, I would tell that version of myself. You can, it's the whole, like the perspective of people. Well, it's, it's the underestimator. So this is one of yeah. the action archetypes that one of the nine reasons people hold themselves back because they're the underestimator. They think, well, who am I? I'm coming from a small town. Why, why should I be able to? Or uh, my parents never graduated college. Or my parents have no money. Like, why? Who am I? But the difference is, like, look at the stories from the Bible. Like, who is God calling? Is he calling these people that are just kings, that are just from already greatness? Or is he calling the, the shepherd, David, with the slingshot? Yeah. Like, you are going to be called if you put yourself out there, if you take the chance of it. And I just decided, you know, like somebody's got to do it. Like if I want this goal, like there's got to be somebody that's the best speaker. Someone who's the best author, someone who's the best. There has to be someone. Why not me? Might as well be. That's awesome. That's amazing. What, what do you say to people who are facing roadblocks? They need them unlocked. Talk to the, talk to people who are right there right now who need a breakthrough. Yeah. Well, I would, I mean, I mean, honestly, I'd tell them go read the new book because you'll figure yeah. out what your roadblock is. Yeah. You got to figure out, you got to understand what your roadblock is. It could be many things. First of all, it's based in fear. The reasons people do not take action because fear of some type of results, fear of it not working out, fear of the failure, fear of ultimately the uncertain future that is to come. But then that's broken down into, well, are you fearing because you're fear, uh, afraid of other people's opinions, what they'll think of you? Are you afraid that, well, you've been burnt in the past, so you get burnt again? Are you afraid that uh, you're too young, you're too old? So you got to figure out what that, where that fear is based in. And, and a lot of times, if you don't know, it's probably something from your past that you haven't addressed. And this mm -hmm. tends to be when you like, 
one of the action archetypes is burnt by the past. A lot of people, they don't re, like, they don't recall a time that they were necessarily burnt. This is called traumatic age regression. So something happens in your past where you're frozen. You cannot get past that. 77% yeah. of American adults actually suffer from traumatic age regression. So Oh, that, the example of that would be like, let's say you, you had a bad childhood and you go back to your childhood town or your home, you automatically go back into that state of mind that you were at when you were a child. So you have to be able to address that point. But a lot of us will, will suppress these negative thoughts, will suppress these difficult times, and it doesn't put them away. It just builds them up more and it causes more stress, more anxiety. So you have to be able to all right, what the past, okay, let's address it. Same with forgiving people. Like you yeah. got to forgive people or then they double win on you and then they just own you. They, you don't even, they don't even know it, but they're so owning true. you. So you don't have to forget, you don't have to forget, but you can forgive, you release that. The past is the past just to teach you for what you're going to become right now in the present and to anticipate in the future. Oh, so, sorry. Well, Marty, you sold me the book. You sold it to me just because I love your perspective so much. But how do people get a hold of the book? How do people get a hold yeah. of you, the coach? And the funny thing is, like, when you like say that jokingly, sold me the book, like, I don't want people to buy the book and not read it. Like, I didn't put three years of research studies in yeah. the like, Absolutely. for people to just buy it. I'm so, like, passionate about knowing that what is actually in the book and how it can help people that... I don't see why someone wouldn't want to read it because maybe it can unlock something for you, but yeah. anywhere books are found, uh, Barnes and Nobles, Amazon. Hold it up again. Let's see it again. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So for you watching, tell me if this looks like me. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what I got? I got to give my wife a shout out is her idea with the cover. It's her idea with the title. Come Basically on. almost everything that I do is my wife's idea. I just talk and run my, hey, my, 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 First book when I was married, it was called Translating God. And my wife came up with the name. She came up with the cover and it was a like international bestseller, like hundreds of thousands of copies. I'm like, honey, you can name everything from this point on. So That's I right. trust your oh. wife. <laughs> did, you, did you just drop hundreds of thousands of copies? You know how big that is? And that he was the first book. He did. That was awesome. He did. Wow. Well, David, wow. We, wow. thank you so much for taking time with us. We're, we're so honored to have you on. And, uh, and again, thanks again. Up next, uh, Final Thoughts with Sean and Bob. I'm Sean Bowles, and I'm going to invite you to our Spiritual Growth Academy online, where you can attend a four-week class or an event every month. Plus, our back catalog is available to you as well on spiritual gifts, especially hearing God's voice, and also a deeper connection to the Holy Spirit and how to walk with Him in real ways in the days we're living in right now. Come join us at Spiritual Growth Academy by going to bowlesministries.com and clicking on the Academy button. Welcome back to Final Thoughts with Sean and Bob. Sean, that was an exciting interview, wasn't it? It was, and I think it's this guy who hangs out with NBA players all the time or really wealthy and well-to-do business people. And he's so down to earth and I loved his yeah. just approach at life. And that positivity thing is so huge because I do feel like Jesus said that one statement in the gospels, to those who have everything's given, to those who have not, everything's taken away. And it really, is that mind coaching that he's doing. It's like, if you have a have not perspective, like this bad has happened, this bad has happened, then you could have something that is God's using for your good happening, but you don't see it because you're focused on what's not happening. But if you have that right attitude of like everything that happens in my life, God will use for my good, 
then all of a sudden you have this powerful attitude and motivation as business people and as people in the marketplace or influencers, entrepreneurs, if you don't have the have mindset, you're going to die. You're just, you're not going to make it. So I love that there's people like him that are doing this in a mainstream way and training people how to think. Yeah. I, I also love that he, he had his biggest failure in his life, came back from professional basketball and sat on the recliner, as he said, and his mom just spoke life into him. And he, he sat up and listened to it. And, and he took what his, what most people would say was were their biggest failure. And he turned it into the rest of his life. And if you let those who are close to you speak into you and you notice when God's using them to do so, you don't need the, the guy you'd want to speak. He probably would have loved an NBA coach to speak into him, but it was his mom. You know, it's like, that's so profound. And I think that many of us have those moments that we miss them because we don't allow those common people who are encouraging us to motivate us the way that he did. And I just think I love that you brought that up because I was thinking the same thing. Like there's people who are speaking to us all the time mm-hmm. who are getting us out of those pits of despair that we get into. Yeah. And we're not always listening. And so we have to come into not only the right mindset, but we have to come into the faith that God wants to use what we have around us to speak us into our next season. Yeah. One of the things I love about this podcast is over and over and over again, we hear about the key part that relationships play in people's success and in their lives. And we, and we hear it, we hear it all the time. I was here, I was down and out. I was, didn't know where I was going to go next. And this person spoke into my life and this person took me under their wing and this person loved me and cared for me. And this is what it's all about, Sean. Relationships are the meaning of life. And, and we're, we hear about it every week on Exploring the Marketplace. I agree. And for those of you who are watching or listening right now, we want to have a relationship with you. You can go to bullsministries.com, sign up for our mailing list, and we send you all of our updates on what we're doing through Exploring the Marketplace, my other show, Sean Bull's show, which is a social and journalistic commentary show, and everything that Bob and I offer our community. So I want to encourage you to be a part. If you want to be a part of making this show, you become one of our partners to make this message one of the most profound messages in the body of Christ. We're still in the top 100 to 200 podcasts in Christianity and religion and spirituality worldwide every week. And it's because of you, because you guys are listening, you're sharing, you're telling people that the conversations are interesting. Thank you for doing that. But if you want to help us financially make it, go to bowlsministries.com forward slash partner, and you can either give a one-time donation or become a partner with us there. And we sure do love our partners. We try and get back to you every month. And I think you'll enjoy being part of our partner community where there is real relationship happening right now. Thanks so much for watching or listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for exploring what God is doing in the marketplace. With us, we have amazing resources for you at our website with free videos, take an online class with us at our online school, Spiritual Growth Academy, or get one of our books, including the one Bob and I authored together, Wired to Hear. We have lots of ways to connect with you. Come visit us on social media. Just look for at Sean Bowles or at Bob Hassan or visit BowlesMinistries.com. This show is made possible by listeners just like you. Become a partner or donate now to become part of our team. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it on your socials or help us review it on the podcast server you found us on. See you next time.